All right, everybody, welcome to the Bald Eagle Podcast. I am Sean Cressman. I am the Bald Eagle. I appreciate you listening today, Wednesday, August 3rd. We got a lot to talk about uh, in reference to training camp. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's let's start um, in the beginning. So first of all, the Bald Eagle Podcast is part of uh, Philly Sports Alliance. And Philly Sports Alliance has a sponsor, La Terrain Watches. So um, I don't think they just sell watches. They sell a lot of other things, but they have great watches there. Do me a favor, go on to La Terrain Watches um, and type in your, your code PSA, Philly Sports Alliance, and you'll get a discount, a sizable discount, make things uh, even more affordable than they already are. All right, so the Bald Eagle Podcast, we have three rules, okay? Um, and, they're, and they're very important to me. Um, the three rules are as follows. Rule number one, um, no politics. You're never going to have to worry about hearing about anything in reference to politics. We don't talk about that shit at all. I don't want to hear about it. If you comment politics, I will not show your comment. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want anything to do with politics. So we avoid that completely. You don't have to worry about that. This is your safe haven from leftists and rightists and wh whoever the hell you don't like. Um, rule number two, I don't talk about any of the uh, the player's personal information. I'm talking about my own personal information. Of course, nobody cares about that, but I don't care about what the players do on their personal time either. Unless of course it has a direct impact on their play. Uh, so I will talk about things that affect their play. Um, so far, uh, I don't think I've had to do it, uh, because there's very few personal things that really translate onto the field. So, and lastly, I'm not censors. I say whatever the hell I want. Um, so keep that in mind if you have, uh, uh, people around that you don't want to hear words like shit and ass uh, <laughs> during the show. Okay. The nice thing about the Bald Eagle Podcast and what sets us apart, me apart here at the Bald Eagle Podcast, is that I have the most in-depth play-by-play analysis for all regular and postseason Eagles games. And when I say play-by-play, -play, I mean play-by-play. -play. I grab the All-22 um, uh, which is, a, which is a, a view that you can access on the new NFL Plus that we'll talk about later. Um, that allows me to see the whole field so I can see everything everybody does on every play. And then there's a tackle box view so I can see how the offensive line tackled, uh, or I'm sorry, blocked. And that's valuable to me because I can tell you things that you won't see on the broadcast. And I'll do it for you. Um, I spend hours upon hours, and my wife loves it, uh, a, good, a good eight hours sometimes um, studying that film uh, so that I can break it down play-by-play -play for you on the Bald Eagle Podcast. So keep, a, keep an ear out or an eye out for that starting when the regular season starts. Um, now, I, I mentioned that we have a sponsor at Philly Sports Alliance, which is the uh, the team that I that I play on, right? Um, the Bald Eagle plays on. Um, and we also have partners. Um, so one of the big partners that we currently have is Philly Sports Trips. Um, so what we're doing is we're, we're grabbing as many people as, as are interested to go on one bus or more than one bus if we can get enough people uh, and drive down to D.C. Uh, for our week three game against Washington in Washington. Um, so it's a great uh, a great package. You get um, you get uh, the uh, uh, decent seats. You get the bus trip down um, down to uh, Washington. Um, there's food. There's tailgating. I think there's supposed to be a couple of uh, perhaps supposed to be a couple of Eagles uh, alumni there. Uh, so a great time. So go to phillysportstrips.com and uh, when you sign up, uh, sign up that you heard about it through PSA. Uh, that way we can all everybody that signs up can be on the same bus. I think that'd be a, a lot of fun. All right, let's get to the countdown, right? And I, I don't have a song yet, but but eventually, <laughs> we'll have we'll get uh, we'll get more. Um, our graphics will be upgraded. We'll have uh, video and audio, but for now, uh, you're stuck with just my voice. So countdown, we're counting down to our first preseason game, which is only nine days away. Uh, 
Now, there's some things that happened before that. Uh, we have this weekend is, um, and it starts tomorrow, is Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, Ohio. Um, that includes tomorrow night, the first uh, preseason game of the season. Um, tomorrow at 8 p.m., the Raiders are technically at the Jacksonville Jaguars, although they're playing in Canton, Ohio, and that is the Hall of Fame game. Um, we do have one more thing that possibly will happen. Um, the Eagles are supposed to have an open practice this Sunday at 7 p.m. at the link. Now, um, I don't know if they're going to have that practice because uh, as far as I can see, the weather is going to be poor. It's supposed to rain. Maybe they'll have it even with the rain. Maybe they'll only postpone it or cancel it if there's thunder or lightning, but um, but it's supposed to happen this Sunday at 7 p.m. at the link. Then we have our first preseason game nine days away, Friday, this Friday, August 12th. Uh, we play the Jets at 7.30 uh, at home. Uh, week two um, of preseason, we're Sunday, August 21st at Cleveland at 1 p.m. Uh, that's our only preseason game that'll be live on NFL Network. Uh, then we have um, uh, week three of preseason, uh, Saturday, August 27th at Miami at 7 p.m. Now, in addition to that one game being on the NFL Network, all the other preseason games will be aired on NBC10 and 94WIP will have the audio. Um, then we kick off regular season. Now, the regular season kicks off on Thursday, September 8th, uh, Buffalo at the, uh, uh, the Rams, uh, 8.20 p.m. And then we have our first game, week one, at Detroit, Sunday, September 11th at 1 p.m. Week two, Monday Night Football uh, uh, against the Vikings at home. That's September 19th, 8.30 p.m. That's our home opener. Uh, week three is the bus trip down to Washington. That's Sunday, September 25th at 1 p.m. Uh, as many people as can, go ahead and, and sign up for that trip. It'll be a great time. Um, week four, at home against Jacksonville, Sunday, uh, October 2nd, 1 p.m. Week five, at Arizona, Sunday, October 9th, 4.25 p.m. Uh, week six, at home, Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowgirls, October 16th at 8.20 p.m. Hopefully that is a significant win. I, I don't know about you guys, and I don't know how much you've been paying attention to training camp, but um, you know, on paper, I think, and, and a number of you know, pro football focus, I think, and, and, and the NFL.com have ranked our team one of the best teams in the league this year, top 10 uh, at minimum. So, um, you know, we, we hopefully will be uh, not only uh, competitive with, with the Cowgirls, but, but beat them. Um, so that's our Sunday night football game, week six. We have an early week seven bye. Week eight at home against Pittsburgh. That's Sunday, October 30th, 1 p.m. Uh, week nine at Houston, Thursday night football, November 3rd at 8.15 p.m. Um, week 10, uh, at home against Washington, Monday night football, November 14th, 8.15 p.m. Um, we got week 11 at Indianapolis, Sunday, November 20th, uh, 1 p.m. <clears throat> week 12, uh, at home against Green Bay, Sunday night football, November 27th, 8.20 p.m. Week 13 versus Tennessee at home, Sunday, December 4th, 1 p.m. Then we go a long string of away games. Uh, week 14, we're at the Giants. That's Sunday, December 11th at 1. Week 15 at Chicago. Sunday, December 18th at 1. And week 16 at the Cowgirls. Saturday, Christmas Eve, December 24th at 4.25 p.m. And then the round out the season, week 17 at home against the Saints. Sunday, January 1st, New Year's Day at 1 p.m. And week 18 at home against the Giants. That is to be determined. Uh, either the the 7th or 8th of January, and uh, we're unsure what time that'll be at. So, um, you know, you, you might be saying to yourself, Sean, uh, I watch, I'm sorry, you might be saying to yourself, Bald Eagle, I watch your show um, every time it's on, and you always talk about the schedule. I also always talk about our draft picks, and that's going to be next. And I do that 
for both your benefit and mine. I have a horrible memory. Uh, walking through all these games every time we, we have the show uh, keeps it uh, top of mind for me. I can remember when we play who, um, and I find that valuable because I'm an Eagles fan. Um, so thinking about our schedule, this is the third time we've been away uh, to start the season. Uh, third year in a row, actually. It's the longest uh, streak since the 2011-2013 season. Uh, no back-to-back away games until week 13, and then we have three in a row. We end the season with two home games, which is nice. Um, it's our, I mentioned I don't like that week seven early buy. It is the earliest buy we've had um, since we had a week four buy in 2016. Our NFC East opponents um, have later buys, not by a long shot. The Giants and the Cowgirls have a week nine buy, and the uh, Commanders have a week 14 buy, which I'm jealous of. Um, I mentioned a couple of times Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, right? Um, we are one of 13 teams in the NFL that have five primetime games this year. That's the most uh, in the season, um, and it's the most we've had since 2018. Now, we have had, since 2000, the second most primetime games in the NFL with 94. Unfortunately, the Cowgirls are first with 100. I hate to give them credit, but sometimes I guess you have to. Um, and then strength of schedule. Uh, the NFC East has uh, the easiest strength of schedule between all teams. We're third easiest with a point four six four opponent winning record last year, right? Uh, the Cowgirls in Washington are tied for the easiest schedule at 0.462, and the New York Giants are fourth at 0.465. So we are the bottom four as far as strength of schedule. Um, and then the hardest schedule is the LA Rams with an opponent's winning percentage of 0.567. Um, okay, and then we round up this, the uh, end of the, uh, the season is Sunday, February 12th, 2023, which is Super Bowl 57, and that's at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. All right. I mentioned the draft recap. I do that again every every show as well. Again, uh, you know, especially now that we're going through training camp, you're going to hopefully hear some of these names. You probably already have. Um, and then you'll say to yourself, well, the bald eagle told me that guy was drafted this year. Um, so you'll be able to remember that when other people might forget, right? I would normally forget. Um, okay. So in the draft, we made some, we did some maneuvering, right? Um, and we ended up with we ended up with five picks, and uh, I'm going to include the trade for A.J. Brown because I think that's one of the best things we did in the offseason. But uh, first round, 13th overall, we drafted de- defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. He's that massive defensive tackle who can run down quarterbacks. That He's got a, a 4-4 or a 4-7 maybe, um, a 40. Um, but then we traded the 18th and 101st overall picks to Tennessee for wide receiver A.J. Brown, um, who's, been, who's been doing very well so far in training camp. Second round, 51st overall, center Cam Jurgens from Nebraska. Uh, third round, 83rd overall, linebacker Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Sixth round, 181st overall, linebacker Kyron Johnson from Kansas. And sixth round, 198th overall, tight end Grant Calcaterra from SMU. Uh, we dra- we uh, signed a couple of undrafted rookie agents. Now, we've released a few of them since they've been signed, but the ones that still are signed are Josh Blackwell, a corner from Duke, Reed Blankenship, a safety from Middle Tennessee State, uh, Kennedy Brooks, a running back from Oklahoma, Britton Covey, wide receiver from Utah, William Dunkel, offensive lineman, San Diego State, Ali Fiad, linebacker, Western Michigan, Mario Goodrich, corner from Clemson, Josh Job, corner from Alabama, Josh Sills, offensive lineman from Oklahoma State, Carson Strong, quarterback from Nevada, and Carrick Weefall, wide receiver from Fresno State. And Carrick Weefall, um, by the way, 
was the only player that we signed from the tryouts that we had. Uh, he tried out at our rookie minicamp, and he's the only tryout player to have been signed. All right, let's get to some Eagles news, and that is training camp. Training camp started uh, back on the 26th. We didn't actually start hitting or, or uh, pads. The first day was uh, was walkthroughs and things like that. Um, now, I've, I've, uh, I've heard, uh, A, I know that they started full pads yesterday, um, but I've heard they won't have any live tackling in camp this summer. Now, I've also read that people were tackled in camp, so maybe that wasn't the that's the exception, not the rule, but they're not going to have any live tackling in camp. Now, I would assume that that's because they will probably have live tackling in joint practices. So um, that's another thing that uh, that we're going to be doing um, this year as far as training camp. We're going to have some live uh, joint practices with both the Dolphins um, and the Browns um, before each of our games. <clears throat> and and last year, and hopefully, and well, I, I hope it doesn't happen this year again, but it probably will. The coaches put more emphasis on those joint practices than they did preseason games. So it's a it's a bummer for us because when you go to watch a preseason game, you won't get to see as many of the starters uh, as you otherwise would have. So, um, so Jalen Hurts, let's talk about him real quick, right? He is, in my opinion, he's gonna he's gonna be um, the way that Jalen Hurts goes is the way that the Eagles go this year. If he does well, of course we'll do well. Um, if he does poorly, then then we'll also do poorly. And I think it's all about him. And they've surrounded him. You know, if you if you've paid attention, they've surrounded him with a lot of weapons. So. Um, apparently he's been uneven. Uh, he was strong the first day, struggled in day two and three, but from what I understand, he was sharper on day four. And, uh, today, apparently he did pretty well too. Um, now fourth through the four, first four practices this year, he is 45 of 62, which is a 72.6% completion percentage. He has four touchdowns and three picks and that is an 86 reps. Um, last year, uh, through four practices, he was partially better, partially worse. He was 47 for 67 uh, for 70.1% completion. So a little bit less completion, but he had six touchdowns and two picks versus four and three. And that wasn't more reps, 102. Um, take that for what, you know, we're four, we're five days, six days in. <laughs> you know, I will say that while I'm going through all these things about training camp, it is extremely early on. And most of the time, this stuff doesn't mean anything. I can remember going to training camp when Carson Wentz was our quarterback, when he actually played well. And he didn't look very good. He looked like he was off in training camp. So um, this doesn't necessarily mean that much. Um, all year 2021 in training camp, he was 215 for 297. That's a 73.4 completion percentage, which I would die for in regular season. 22 touchdowns and six pick. Again, um, I would love for those stats in, in the regular season. And that was 468 reps. And, and of course, they were all with the first team. Uh, there's been There's been talk about how him and A.J. Brown, their connection has been heating up. Uh, AJ Brown specifically has been impressing people with his physicality. At one point, he pushed Darius Slay to the ground with a stiff arm, um, and then fought for a contested catch over Darius Slay. So, so very physical, uh, which is exactly what what we need, and and I think we're all excited for uh, our rookie linebacker Nicobe Dean, who fell because of a uh, an injury, uh, and there was a co little controversy about that injury, if you remember. There were rumors that he denied uh, getting treatment and turned out those rumors were false, that he was never recommended to get treatment, spe surgery specifically. Um, but in any case, everyone thought he dropped a lot. Um, according to Mike Garofalo, they thought he looked pretty good day one, uh, but other journalists have claimed that, um, that other linebackers have shown more flashing. They've flashed more, specifically TJ Edwards and Kaiser White, um, which are getting most of the snaps at linebacker. Davion Taylor is next. Um, the Kobe Dean is a fourth. 
Um, I haven't heard a lot about Hassan Reddick. I, I, I've heard that he's made a couple of uh, quote-unquote sacks. You know, we call those quotes because they're not really uh, blocking him and he can't really hit the quarterback. But not a lot of information, not a lot of, of comments about Hassan Reddick so far. Um, he is a little heavier this year than he was last year. He weighed in uh, at 247, which was uh, 12 pounds heavier than he was last year at 235. According to him, he's been carrying it all offseason. He's been he's comfortable carrying it um, while he was training in the offseason. Uh, he's moving and training at that weight, and he likes it. So um, hopefully it doesn't have an impact on his speed. There was also a couple of a little bit of controversy with uh, Miles Sanders. Um, on day two, Gainwell ran with the first team, and Sanders was on the second team. So of course, you know everybody said, "Well, is is, uh, is Gainwell now the starting running back?" Um, Sirianni was pretty clear in that Miles Sanders is the starter. But during camp, they're rotating between three running backs. So it may end up that Miles Sanders runs with the seconds, uh, the twos, um, but, uh, but he is still our starting running back, which is good to hear. And I've heard really good things about him as well. Um, catch, I mean, he's dropped a couple of balls. There was, again, there was another argument on Twitter, right, about um, if the pass was bad or if the drop or if the catch was bad. It could have been both, right? Let's be honest. There can be a bad pass and uh, it should have been caught and it was a drop or it could have been uh, thrown better, right? So. Nothing is always, uh, nothing is, uh, sometimes things just aren't black and white. I've heard good things, though, about him running, uh, breaking off some long runs, scoring touchdowns, which you know how much that means, right, when you're not hitting. Um, also heard really good things about Jordan Davis. Um, if in, in team drills, he was the nose tackle, first team, immediately stuffed running the run on the, on the, uh, on the first rush, the running back. Um, he's done very well on one-on-ones. Um, although, um, he did struggle against Jason Kelsey who used, um, his, his height as leverage. Cause you know, Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis is a huge guy and Kelsey's a little bit, a, bit, a little bit shorter. So Kelsey was able to get lower. And, uh, and according to what I've read, um, Jordan Davis did struggle with, uh, with that lower, uh, that lower defender. Um, Jason Huntley has been spending time as our top kick returner, which I think is a good, a good way to use him. Um, Devin Allen is number two. Uh, Devin Allen is the um, is the track guy, the 110 meter hurdle guy who um, who would have broken a world record had he not uh, jumped off the blocks 0. 0.001 seconds too quickly. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that whole uh, fiasco. Now um, Jalen Rager, right? Again, uneven uneven in camp, right? Um, I heard. Uh, there was a little, a little spat between him and Jeff John Clark, uh, one of the longtime Eagles reporters. Uh, John Clark reported Rager dropping passes, being outmuscled and outmaneuvered by defensive backs. Um, I saw another uh, on on Reddit. I saw another recap of a practice day that said the same thing, uh, but Rager went onto Twitter and said that that was uh, a lie. Um, and he, he used terminology I'm not familiar with. I said he's no cap or something like that. I, I don't know. He was capping which I guess nowadays means you're lying. Um, so, so Rager claimed he was lying. You know, I would almost, I put all my, all my money on John Clark. First of all, John Clark, I don't think has any motivation to insult or, or uh, you know, intentionally put down any of the players. And Rager has a history of dropping passes. I don't know why he'd be so adamant in, in that he didn't do that. I'd rather him say, hey, I'm, I, I, I did struggle and I'm improving, right? I mean, uh, a better attitude, I think, would be, would be nice. Now, apparently, Rager did redeem himself. Um, later that day, or perhaps the next day, that was yesterday actually. Uh, there was a seven-yard uh, 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 touchdown pass from from uh, from Jalen Hurts, well-placed ball, thirty yards in the air, um, and then a total of seventy yards plus for the reception. Um, now Jalen Rager was worth it working with the first team re receiver, so he was with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, 
and they were playing against our second team defense. And the man that he beat was Zach McPherson, who is not one of our starting corners. So, um, you know, did he really redeem himself or did he, did he make a play against second stringers? You know, I don't know. Um, haven't heard a lot uh, about Quez Watkins. Apparently, he's doing very well in one-on-one drills. Um, went up against Avadi Maddox and beat him almost every time. Uh, had a couple of good receptions, um, but, you know, nothing significant. Uh, I still think that Quez Watkins is our, is our number three. I think Jalen Rager, uh, I don't think he deserves to be uh, running with the, the, the ones, especially based on, you know, how he played last year. Uh, James Bradbury fitting in very well. Um, uh, playing very well. And Marcus Epps has apparently impressed people uh, with his play as well. Um, a couple players have come down with COVID, uh, not nearly as significant as it had been um, in the past. They just don't practice um, and they're not around. Uh, there's no uh, waiting periods or anything like that. Once they are, are cured, they're able to uh, play again. Um, those players are Carrick Weedfall, Fletcher Cox, and Jason Kelsey. They all missed a few days. They call it COVID progression. Um, I think that just means that they have it in their, uh, they're recovering. Um, you know, fortunately, and this is not, uh, I'm not trying to start any kind of an argument here, but fortunately COVID has turned into essentially a cold for the majority of people. Um, I guess, I guess that's common with viruses as they mutate, they generally become less deadly and more contagious. And I think that's exactly what's happened. Um, now something uh, you may have noticed if you've watched any film or, or saw any pictures from training camp, you might see these guys wearing these black, uh, <laughs> these black uh, foam looking uh, things on top of their helmets. So um, in the past, when, when I've read articles about CTE and what people think, you know, cause there's no, there's no definite, um, there's no definite um, way of getting it right. There's, there's, there's not like, Hey, if you get hit a certain amount of times, you'll get CTE. If you get hurt at a certain uh, like level, if you hit, get hit hard enough, you'll get CTE. None of that's really known. And generally they can't find out if you have CTE until after you die and they cut over your brain and they look that parts of it have um, deteriorated. Right. Um, one of the things that they, they, they feel may be causing CTE is not the significant hits, the one time significant hits or the, or the necessarily the, the, um, uh, the, the, uh, uh, when you hit your, when you hit your head, <laughs> the concussions, <laughs> which apparently I may have had too many of, um, not specifically the concussions, but that perhaps, um, a constant, uh, medium to light tap on your head, um, may cause CTE. So, you know, when, when you think about when players, uh, uh, uh score touchdowns or, or, you know, they make a big play and people come up and smack them on the head, they are, th- there's a possibility that those little hits could cause CTE, right? So in the name of safety, <clears throat> and let's be honest, the NFL um, does a pretty good job of actually trying to make the game safer. Uh, there's some things that are questionable. Um, I often wonder myself um, why after the NFL PA did a study that said that, uh, I don't know, uh, lower leg injuries increased by over 30% when you're on artificial turf. Why on earth the NFL would let any stadium from that, that day forward be built with artificial turf if safety was number one? Um, but in any case, uh, I digress. Um, they're wearing these things called guardian caps. They're essentially cushioned. Um, uh, th- they're cushioned um, wraps that are put on top of the helmets to add uh, uh, for more protection for the head. And they're required uh, on the helmets of offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, and tight ends. Um, and they're required up until the second preseason game. Now, anybody can wear one. Anybody that wants one can get one. But they're focused on those uh, those uh, those players. 
Um, and lastly, a little more Eagles news, a little uh, somewhat exciting. I think it'll be more exciting next year. Uh, but this year, the Eagles will wear all black helmets. Um, not a significant difference when you consider that their current helmets are dark green, uh, but still going to look really cool. And of course, the Eagles will sell more uh, apparel, right? Because everybody's going to go out and buy the black the black helmets. Um, I'm sure I'm going to buy a mini black helmet. Um, but what's more exciting is the Kelly Green. Hey, Frank, what's up, man? Um, talking to Instagram there. Uh, they're gonna. Uh, the what's more interesting and exciting for me is uh, they wanted to wear Kelly Green uniforms this year. If you remember, that's the the color they wore back when when the Eagles uh, had Randall Cunningham and and uh, and uh, all those guys. But unfortunately, Nike uh, did not have that color in their existing palette. Uh, so it got pushed back to next year. So next year we should get Kelly green helmets and Kelly green jerseys. All right, let's move to a couple of roster moves. Nothing significant. Uh, we signed defensive tackle, Kobe Smith, uh, signed tight end, Jaden Graham signed center, Cameron Tom, and we signed wide receiver, Lance Lenore. Um, we'll go over those guys in more detail next time. Uh, we waived wide receiver, Josh Hammond. He was one of those un undrafted free agents we had signed. Uh, we waived defensive tackle Noah Ellis with a non-football injury, and we released tackle Jared Williams, who was also an undrafted free agent. Um, all right, let's move to a little bit of NFL news. Um, I said this before, and I want to remind you because, of course, we're in it. Um, so roster cuts. Um, in the past, they have, uh, they've kept 90 players on their roster, uh, which is currently the max, until the end of the uh, last preseason game, and they had to cut right down to 53. Last year, they were tiered, and they are again this year. Um, and on August 17th, after the first preseason game, you have to cut from 90 to 85. Um, on August 23rd, after the second preseason game, preseason week, uh, you got to cut from 85 to 80. And August 30th, after the third preseason game, you got to cut down from 80 to 53. I would like for, for them to increase those uh, those cuts, maybe 80 to uh, 90 to 80, 80 to 70, 70 to 53, even, even more than that. Um, because think about it, as you cut more people, they have an opportunity to go to other teams. It gives you less of a, it gives each team less of a chance to string along people that they probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't keep anyway, and more of an opportunity to grab somebody from another team that might be heavy in the position that they're weak in, um, and and try them out earlier. So I'm all for those earlier tiered cuts, and I'd I'd prefer um, higher uh, cuts. Right. Um, the uh, the list of most valuable teams in the NFL was released. I think it was by Forbes. Um, uh, you know. I, you know, who knows how much the teams are actually worth, but Eagles were top 10. Um, I expected us to be a little bit higher. Um, the Eagles were ninth at 4.7 billion. Uh, Washington was eighth, 4.78 billion. Uh, the Giants were fourth at 5.73 billion. And then the Cowgirls were first at 7.64. And if I do remember correctly, that was worth more than the Yankees. So I think the Cowgirls might be the most valuable North American sports team because we don't give a shit about soccer. And I think there are, surprisingly, and I don't, um, I don't know the, let's see, the most valuable soccer team. <laughs> uh, let's see. Real Madrid, let's see. Well, that can't be right. It's saying 5.1 billion. I'll have to look that up, because I thought there were soccer teams that were worth more than these NFL teams. I'll look into that, and we'll find out, because um, I'd love to be able to supplant soccer. But, you know, you figure those soccer teams, they play worldwide instead of just in the Americas. So, or just in North America, really. Um, all right. The NFL, I mentioned NFL plus, right? 
they're jumping into the streaming things just like everybody else. It's not anything real different. It's more like a rebranded version of what they really already had. Um, they're now calling it NFL Plus. I prefer NFL Game Pass because everybody is something plus. I think that's pretty generic and un- uncreative, right? ESPN Plus. Um, that's the only one I can think of now. But they're all pluses, right? Um, so NFL announced uh, uh, NFL Plus, right? There are two tiers. Um, so the, the basic level is only $4.99 a month, $30 a year, $29.99 a year. Uh, you get live out-of-market preseason games on all devices. So you can't watch your local team on, on the NFL uh, Plus, but you can watch every other preseason game that you want. Um, and it's on all devices that you can stream to. Um, you get live local and primetime regular season and postseason games on your phone or tablet. So you can't stream that to a TV. I guess there's some uh, conflict with the uh, the carriers that, that carry those games like ABC, uh, well, NBC, CBS, and Fox probably want to put it on their own apps, right? To make you buy those. Um, but but you can watch it on your uh, on your phone or tablet. Um, there might be a way to cast it. Uh, you could probably plug your tablet in, um, and perhaps I'm giving away some some uh, I don't know what is that trademark uh, uh, violating trademark right rules. But um, anyway, um, you get uh, a bunch of uh, NFL pro- uh, 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 library programming. So um, like Hard Knocks is on there. Um, NFL Game Day, um, uh, not the the weekly show, but but the uh, the one that's focuses on teams. Uh, there's old Super Bowls on there, all kinds of stuff. And you also get um, live game audio of all of the games um, for all games. And you get you get both the home call, the away call, and the national call if there is one. So you can choose to to listen to your own teams broadcast. You can choose you know whoever. So if you want to just listen to them because you can't make it to a TV, that's that's available everywhere. Now, if you wanted to, and I do of course because I've always subscribed to this, you can add the premium level. Uh, that's seventy nine ninety nine a year. Um, and instead, and in addition to all the other stuff that you get with the basic level, um, you get full game replays on all devices, and they're ad free, and they're e- they're immediately after the game. So if you can't catch a game as soon as it's over, go on to NFL Plus, have the premium version, and watch it. Uh, you can also pause and rewind. And um, you know, as far as being ad free, um, I don't think that they are. Uh, I think if you're watching the broadcast right after it aired, I I think you'll have to watch the commercials that you would have watched had you watched it live. Um, if you give it enough time, they do remove the commercials. So um, if you're willing to wait, you know, one of my favorite things to do, and maybe I'm getting personal here and violating my own rule, uh, but on Monday holidays, I won't watch any football on Sunday. And then Monday on the NFL uh, Plus premium service, you can watch any game you want and all the commercials are cut out. Uh, and you can still pause and rewind so you can rewatch plays. Excuse me. Or you can pause if you have to get up and, and make food or whatever. Uh, the premium level also adds condensed game replays. Um, I don't know when they're available. I don't think it's immediately after their uh, after the uh, the games air, but it might be that might be an upgrade to since you're since you have to pay for it. They are ad free, and you can you can watch most games in under forty minutes. A lot of them are around thirty minutes, the full game, because they only show you the plays. Um, you don't have any commercials. You don't have all the stuff in between. You don't you don't hear much of the commentators. So if you want to bang out, uh, you know, like, uh, again, if you have a Monday holiday and you want to bang out like 10 games, uh, you got to use the condensed ones, but, but you can definitely do it. And then last but not least, my favorite, uh, what makes it worth the money? F- well, those all make it worth the money for me because I don't have cable. Um, but Coach's Film, um, all 22, uh, where you can see the whole field, all, the whole play. So you can see even people that aren't involved in the play, what they did. Um, and you get the tackle box view, which is basically the offensive defensive linemen. So you can see how they, uh, any stunts that they ran, you can see uh, their blocking techniques, all that stuff. So 
Um, if you're a nerd like me, you love that stuff. So, uh, which, which, by the way, um, that premium level, which is seventy nine ninety nine, is exactly the same as the NFL Game Pass. Uh, that was all available on the NFL Game Pass. They just didn't have the cheaper level. All right, that is NFL news. Let's move to the world famous bald eagled fact. Right, everybody, everybody loves this. <laughs> Um, especially me. I love the Eagles. And, um, you know, I've been watching since I was nine. So that means that was like, I don't know, 1989, 1988. But I'm oblivious to much of what happened before then. Um, uh, some of it I wish I didn't know about because the Eagles were one of the shittiest teams in the NFL in the beginning. Um, but, uh, but this is our bald eagle fact. So every, every week what I do, if you're not aware, what's up, bird? Uh, if you're not aware, we go over some sort of fact, right? Uh, could be, uh, you know, the player that's leading, that's the all-time leader in receptions or, or touchdown uh, uh, passes or, or whatever, rushing yards, right? Could be, uh, sometimes we'll summarize uh, the draft, the NFL draft from the beginning of when the Eagles were in the, in the NFL. We'll go over whole NFL seasons for the Eagles, right? We started in 1933 um, uh, and we've progressed through the years. So this time, uh, one of the other things we do is we, we talk about all the Eagles that are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're up to the sixth Eagle who's inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, that is Sonny Jurgensen. Um, Sonny Jurgensen was drafted in the fourth round, the 1957 NFL draft uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, in his rookie year, he was a backup to Bobby Thomason, uh, but still started four games. In those four games, uh, they were three and one. Uh, he he threw uh, 70 passes, completed 33 for a 47.1% completion percentage. Uh, that was 470 yards, five touchdowns, and eight picks. Now, just to give you some uh, some perspective, right? Because if you hear that, you think, why the hell would he ever play another game in the NFL if he only com if he completed less than half of his passes and had three three more interceptions than he did touchdowns? One of the things I've learned from doing this NFL this this bald eagle fact, and uh, which has become world famous, um, is that the passing game was significantly different um, in the early in the early parts of the league. Passes were considered uh, most passes were deep. Uh, they weren't short, uh, high percentage passes. That was actually uh, something that became popular with the West Coast offense in the uh, late seventies, early eighties. But way before before that, they were almost all deep passes. And the theory was, um, who cares if you had a lot of interceptions? Because it was almost like a punt, right? If you threw the ball you know, 50, 60 yards down the field and, and it was picked off, no big deal. The other team starts at their 20 or whatever because it was thrown so far. So um, a, lot, a lot different of a perception. And so, of course, you would also have a lower percentage, completion percentage um, as well. So... Um, so from 1958 to 1960, he backed up Norn Van Brocklin, uh, one of our better players. Uh, in 1961, he became the starter. Um, the Eagles were 10 and four that year, which was their last winning season in, until 1978. Like I said, you find out how shitty they are sometimes. Uh, in 1961, he was uh, through 416 passes and completed 235. That 235 led the league. That was a 56.5% completion percentage uh, for 3,723 yards. That yardage led the league in passing yards. He threw 32 touchdowns. That led the league. Uh, 24 interceptions. That led the league. And he passed for 265.9 yards per game, which led the league. In 1962, he again led the league in passing yards with 3,732. Led the league with interceptions with 26. Uh, yards per attempt, 8.9. Yards per catch, 16.6. And passing yards per game uh, with 232.9. Let's see what Drunk has to say here. Hold on a second here. 
if Jalen Hurts has a down year, send him to China. <laughs> and I'm not wasting any brown money on a Yo, look, I, you know what? I am 100% on board with that. Um, send him to China, right? Uh, make him uh, make iPhones and shit, right? For pennies on the uh, per the hour. And I, you know, and I say that because uh, not just AJ Brown, not just Devontae Smith, right? One of the better offensive lines, possibly the best offensive lines in the league. Uh, Miles Sanders, which I am convinced is a top 10 running back. Um, what else? Uh, you, you know, um, Dallas Goddard, one of the better tight ends in the league. Um, so he's surrounded by talent. I think, frankly, one of the most stacked teams that we have had for a long time. So if 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 Jalen Hurts, if we suck, it's probably because Jalen Hurts sucked. And uh, now now this year, you know, I was I was up in the air about possibly giving a you know throw th- you know giving a play at Russell Wilson. Um, I also, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure about what was going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Uh, that has clearly not hap- uh, has not turned out very well. But um, you know, if he would would have been cleared, and if that would have been uh, found that he, you know, that perhaps he really didn't do anything, I was okay with him too. Now I'm glad we didn't, right? But um, but r- short of those two guys, I don't know how many options we had. There was such a weak um, a weak um, uh, draft when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, so I'm all for giving him a shot, right? And and frankly. Um, I wouldn't say he's earned it, but but again, we don't we don't have any other options. So so I'm 100% fine with giving him a shot, and and I'm hopeful that he takes advantage of it. I'm hope he turns into more of a Russell Wilson. Um, but I you, you know my prediction is that he he will make some some improvements. Um, but I I frankly think that um, that he's probably gonna he's probably gonna fall apart. I think, and when I say fall apart, I think he's gonna run too much. I think he's gonna try and rely on uh, his athleticism, which I think is is a valuable thing to have in a quarterback. But I just think he's going to rely too much on it, uh, and and I don't I don't know. I'm not optimistic about Jalen Hurts. He, you know, in in his in his uh, when he came in and stepped in for Wentz when Wentz had that abysmal season, right, record breaking abysmal season, um, he did well and he did a lot of the things that Wentz was not doing. You know, looking off receivers uh, corners, um, you, you know, making good decisions, making quick passes, um, you know, running when he realizes he can't. Uh, make a throw and, and things are going down. He was climbing the pocket well, but but last year he kind of he fell off a little bit, in my opinion, with with a lot of those things. Now we we won games, we got to the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that he was you know he specifically was doing well. So um, I didn't see a, a significant improvement from from year one to year two. Um, so I'm not expecting a significant improvement from year two to year three. I hope I'm wrong. Um, all right, let's get back to our bald eagle fact. Uh, Sonny Jurgensen. So after that uh, uh, record year in 1961, uh, led the league again in, in all those things in uh, in passing yards, interceptions, yards per attempt, yards per catch, uh, and passing yards per game. In 1963, he had an injury plague season, uh, didn't do very well, um, and then he had disagreements with the Eagles' new head coach Joe Kaharich. Kaharik. Um, and prior to the 1964 season, they traded him to the Washington Redskins for quarterback Norm Sneed and corner Claude Crabware. Um, and then he spent the rest, uh, the, the remaining 11 years of his NFL, um, of his NFL uh, career uh, with Washington. We clearly got the, um, the short end of that stick as Norm Sneed and Claude Crabware did not really uh, perform. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, Sonny Jurgensen had a pretty pretty decent career with the with the Washington Redskins. Um, in seven years with Philadelphia, uh, he was uh, he started thirty nine of his eighty three games, uh, completed six hundred and two of one thousand one hundred and seven com- passes for fifty four point four percent. He threw for nine thousand six hundred and thirty nine yards, seventy six touchdowns, and seventy six picks. So fifty fifty on the interception to to touchdown ratio. 
In his 11 seasons with Washington, he was slightly better. Um, he started in 100, 108 of 135 games. Um, he threw uh, 1,831 completions uh, on 3,155 attempts, which was 58%. Pretty decent in that era. Um, still pretty bad in current era. Um, he, ran, he threw for 22,585 yards um, and 179 touchdowns versus 116, uh, 116 interceptions. Bird wants to know... How do I feel about our defense? I'm almost as uh, as optimistic about our defense as our offense. Uh, we got strong corner, corners now in Bradbury and Slay. Um, Marcus Epps has been doing really well. That's our I think our one weak spot would be safety, uh, but Marcus Epps has been doing well. Um, defensive line, Jordan Jordan Davis, I think is going to be a good run stopper. Um, I'm hopeful that um, Hassan Reddick is is able to to uh, you know to to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, uh, Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox. I've heard Josh Sweat has been doing well. And I think, you know, that's another thing you think about. Uh, Josh Sweat did really well two years ago um, in, in limited capacity. Now, last year they played him a lot more, and I think he got a lot more starts. And, uh, you know, as a percentage of plays, he kind of he fell off a little bit. And that's, you know, that's another, th- you know, one more thing that the coaches have to think about. There are some players that probably will excel in smaller roles right and maybe josh sweat's one of those guys maybe josh sweat uh you know plays less snaps and is more productive in those less snaps than he is um in in more snaps so but i'm almost as as confident and and optimistic about our defense as our offense Uh, now admittedly if we play zone we're probably screwed (laughs) because we suck at zone um you know as much as our um our run defense right was was uh um was considered poor um we had, I think, the worst quarterback opponent. Worst by, they had the best, right? Um, the worst quarterback opponent quarterback uh, rating in the NFL. I think we allowed opponent quarterbacks to complete upwards of 70%, more than 70% of their passes. Um, and, of course, we gave up a lot of total run yardage, but we were, we were much better. Uh, you know, I don't know if we were top 10, but maybe top 15 in rushing yards per game. Uh, I'm sorry, rushes per uh, yards per rush. So we weren't horrible uh, when they ran the ball necessarily. They just ran it a lot, and then they and they completed very high percentage passes. So it was a really easy model to beat us last year. Um, so if we play zone again, um, if we can't cover, which I think we'll do a better job with Bradbury now, um, you, you know, we could be in trouble. But but I think I think it's going to be, you know, again, it's it's all going to depend on on I think. So on offense, it's all going to be on Jalen Hurts. On defense, it's all going to be on Jonathan Gannon. What, whatever kind, of, whatever kind of game he calls, if he stunts more often, because we didn't do a lot of that either. If he blitzes more often, and if he plays more man, I think we'll be more successful. Um, they they focused so much last year on preventing the long play, right, the big play, and I think that was to our detriment. And again, it, you know, it it shows in those numbers where where again, you, you know, the top tier quarterbacks completed somewhere around some of them were completed eighty percent of their passes. I think Tom Brady completed eighty percent of his passes against us. Dak Prescott was close to eighty. So um, I don't want to say he's a top tier quarterback, but um, but he did do a very good job against us. So so I'm I'm optimistic about the defense too. I think frankly. If everything comes together, if Jalen Hurts plays well and and you know we're more aggressive on defense, I don't see any reason why um, I don't see any reason why we can't win our division and and you know go deep into the playoffs. Listen, Bird, um, anybody out there that claims that they're an Eagles fan, of course you know you root for the Eagles all the time, but there's there's one requirement of being an Eagles fan, and that is to hate the Cowboys. Um, if you're not if you don't hate the Cowboys, then you're not you're not actually a real Eagles fan. And I stand by that statement. 
Um, all right, let's finish up uh, Sonny Jurgensen's career. Um, so he had that. Uh, so you, and I think I think we uh, talked about his uh, his stats while he was in Washington, his eleven seasons in Washington. Um, in his era, he was one of the most prolific passers. Um, he finished his career with thirty two thousand two hundred and twenty four passing yards, two hundred and fifty five touchdowns in eighteen seasons. He led the NFL in passing five times. He had five three thousand plus passing yard seasons. He was a five time All Pro selection. Um, he was a member of the 1960s NFL All, De- All Decade team. He was inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1983. And after retiring from football, uh, he went into broadcasting. From 1974 until 2019, uh, he was in broadcasting. He just retired in 2019 from that. So that is uh, our sixth, the sixth Eagle ever in- inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Sonny Jurgensen. All right. Um, I appreciate all the comments, guys. Um, if you want to comment on Instagram, you can. I'll answer your, your question or we'll talk about your comment uh, on, live as well. I appreciate the comments, Bird and Drunk. I appreciate everybody listening. Do me a favor, though. Check out all the shows on, uh, on the, uh, the Philly Sports Alliance. We have a great lineup here, and I'm going to show you in a second here. Uh, so Mondays, we have the Philly Smack Talk show. Um, that is... Uh, Ryan Reese and Eric Ward. Uh, that is all football. Um, now, Ryan and Eric are both Eagles fans, so they spend a, probably a little more time with talking about the Eagles, but they talk about all football, not just the Eagles. Mondays at 7.30, you have the Diamond Club podcast. That's an all Phillies podcast with John Hunter, Chris Lahiff, and Danny Hart. Tuesdays at 6.30, you have the Philly Broadcast. Uh, that's a four Philly sports uh, pro- podcast with Ryan Reese and Ryan Finneran. Um, they talk about all four Philly sports, uh, Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, and... Uh, and flyers on Wednesdays at six. You are you are glued to whatever social media you prefer and watch. And you're listening and watching to the Bald Eagle podcast, finding out everything you need to know about the Eagles. And again, uh, getting the most in depth play by play analysis on regular and postseason games. Wednesdays at eight, we have um, Mike Sports. Uh, Mike Sports has Eric Ward and Jay Landry. Um, that is a, uh, a force football a football podcast. So they talk about all the NFL. Um, I think Eric is Eric's the Eagles fan. Jay Landry, unfortunately, is a Cowgirls fan, but you know, not everybody's perfect. Uh, Thursdays at five thirty is Tendies on Patterson. That is an all Flyers show featuring Paul Bacho, Jack Griffin, and Chris Lahiff. And Thursdays at seven, last but not least, tables, ladders, and chairs. Uh, that is a wrestling show featuring Eric Ward and Mike Rouse. Now, I mentioned our sponsors, right? And you've seen some of this stuff on the bottom here if, you, if you've been watching. Um, so, so Philly Sports Alliance is um, part of... Oh, I'm sorry, the Bald Eagle Podcast is part of Philly Sports Alliance. Um, in addition, we've partnered with the Painted Lines. Uh, they are a, uh, a sports... Um, the Painted Lines is a sports uh, streaming uh, uh, a service. Um, and we stream to their YouTube, so perhaps you're watching me on that. Um, we also partner with Six Packs Coverage, and that's at the bottom here. Six Pack Coverage has all of our shows. Um, they have, uh, they're a national media company located in Tennessee, and they don't just have sports podcasts. They also have co- podcasts on uh, fitness, finance, entertainment. I think they were talking about uh, new movies that came out and um, even food, uh, traveling, all kinds of stuff. So um, the Six Packs Coverage has uh, a lot of stuff there. Um, I think that is it. All right. Do me a favor. Uh, check me out. Uh, the Bald Eagle Podcast. Make sure you put all that in when you look me up because uh, unless, of course, you're looking for actual bald eagles, um, look me up online, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, YouTube. Go like all my videos, um, share them with your friends, uh, and tell everybody about it. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. you can see the, uh, the Bald Eagle Podcast. All right. I think that's everything.
So I will end with go birds. We'll see you next Wednesday.